section, the first uh, chapter of the actual narrative itself, which is the second chapter of the section. This uh, narrative being preceded by a chapter about the philosophical chapter about the nature of Leela. So, uh, mm, we've heard the uh, typical uh, morning in the life of Krishna and the fact that in this particular day at the end of his and portion of his Kumara Leela there is some irregularity in that so you have a typical day in the life of Krishna and there's room for things to happen just like you have your normal schedule but something could happen and uh, you could go on a, a tangent <clears throat> so on this particular day Whereas typically Balram rises first and calls everyone with his horn and so forth to assemble, to wake up from their dreams and uh, live them out in, in waking consciousness, cowering, cowering with Krishna. But on this day, Krishna has risen first and um, for that matter planned the night before for a uh, picnic lunch, so leaving early, kind of a brunch, leaving early, um, and this is a departure from the normal uh, breakfast scene, which we'll discuss ahead, in the, actually, in, in the next chapter, um, but at any rate, it's a very exciting prospect for the cowards, um, as we'll hear, and we're not going to get to today, but uh, the typical morning breakfast is quite a festive occasion, but it's still somewhat restrained because it's in the presence of Nanda Baba, the table set, and uh, there are uh, some formalities and so forth. So it's uh, restrained or constrained somewhat by those uh, parameters. Despite that, of course, it's quite a, a joyous occasion and um, filled with hasirati, comedy, and, and so forth. But the picnic lunch uh, has with it the prospect of unrestrained lunching in the forest and no one overseeing uh, you uh, during the lunch and so on and so forth. So it's an um, exciting prospect uh, for the boys. In, as such, such, Krishna rises early and he wakes everyone up and Balaram is restrained uh, due to parental ties and the celebration of his monthly uh, uh, chart in which the birth constellation makes its appearance on a monthly basis, so kind, of a, kind of a mini monthly type of birthday observance and uh, some relative from afar is there and uh, all he can do is listen to the sound of Krishna's flute and feel the enthusiasm and uh, conjecture as to what you know, might take place on such a day. And as we see ahead, there's quite a bit that uh, took place. An extraordinary day that turns into a year and, uh, and uh, 
Balaram's not going on it, as we heard earlier, is uh, one of the more significant uh, points um, that um, aspects of the Lila that, that draws out the uh, tattva. Of course, the overriding and principal point of tattva in this section of three chapters that could broadly be described as the Brahma Vimohan Lila um, is that Krishna is two Bhagavan Swami. Krishna is the source of all forms of the God of the essential um, point of foundational point of, of tattva. So the fact that uh, ahead Balaram himself is confused about that when he starts to uh, uh, see the peculiarities arising from it. Hmm. Of course, what happened was Krishna expanded himself into the coward boys. Brahma thought he stole them. That, that's all in the, uh, in the next chapter. And But seeing the boys, the mother's affection for the boys, the cow's affection for the calves, it exceeded their previous affection. This perked uh, Balaam's curiosity and um, ultimately he, he shifts into Dasirati and shows great regard for the mystery and masterful, powerful um, uh, magic, if you will, of, of, of Krishna. So, uh, so anyway, he is not on the um, picnic today and there's good reasons for that. That's the point. So, the tension then between Vatsalya and, and Sakya was uh, discussed in brief. Uh, during the midday uh, reading, um, as the focus of the cowherds moves from parental to friends, the, uh, there are secrets kept from the parents. They're distanced from the parents. So Sakurasi Rasa creates some distance uh, for what Rasa and some tension between them. And it reaches really a high point as Krishna daily actually leaves home, heads into the forest with the cows, in this case with the calves, but uh, typically with the cows and boyfriends and so on and so forth. And it's a very, very touching uh, scene. Um, very uh, uh, beautifully, of course, in this overall Leela, the, the parental affection, which is brought out here by way of Showcasing the tension between the two, Vatsali and Sakya. Um, in this Leela, even though it's about cowherding, the particulars of it, um, being the, including the, the kidnapping of the boys and so on and so forth, and Krishna manifesting himself as the boys, turns to be a, a very great uh, favor to the Vatsali Rasa. Hmm. Um, it creates an entry point for sadhikas in Vatsalya Rasa to enter um, the Leela. In, 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 in this Leela, each of the mothers has their own son, but they get to actually have Krishna, although he looks like their son, as their, as their son for a whole year. So it, it, it's a very special Leela for the Vatsalya Bhaktas as well. So while there's this tension in the beginning, Kind of comes full circle and it serves that Vatsalya uh, uh, Rasa sentiment in a great um, 
great great measure ultimately. So for the for the entirety really of Samananuga uh, Bhakti this is very important with, and for all devotees and all sentiments in as much as it is the Leela narrative in which the philosophical point Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam is is played out in very understandable and um, uh, powerful uh, terms. Mm-hmm. You know that Jiva Swami wrote a whole Sandarbha, Krishna Sandarbha, about Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam, which is just one line of one verse in the whole of the Bhagavatam, 18,000 some verses. And uh, uh, some people are, well, it's only just one line, how can it be so important? He shows how it's so, so important. Also making the point that uh, the sutras of Vedanta are also very short. They carry a lot of meaning, each, each one of them and so forth. But that's a very um, a long and um, considerable uh, philosophical, theological argument. Here the point is made in a beautiful with the narrative as Krishna ultimately shows himself to be the source of all Narayans and so forth. We're getting far, far ahead of ourselves from um, where we left off. Again, Balaram is at home and for uh, reasons of Vatsali Rasa and the boys have now uh, disconnected from the umbilical cord of parental affection and while the inhabitants have been led by the elders who have to remain behind start to feel the pangs of separation meanwhile now the forest creatures inhabitants moving and non-moving beings are coming to a greater sense of life and animation as Krishna enters and um, moves amongst them thus they entered the forest their calves before them marching to the sounds of millions of horns and flutes intermingled with cowards shouting joyously and calves mooing loudly, sounds that made Balaram's heart tremble. While the villagers wept piteously in separation, the forest, full with flora, showcased its capacity to nourish the calves and catered to their curiosity, who, being bows indicus, are not only grazers but also browsers, and to assist Krishna in his dharma, indicating that his labor of herding would be no more than play in her suitable setting. And Rindavan also seductively began to reveal her prospect of mystery and adventure for the cowherds. All of this as it delighted at its ensuing union with Govinda Madhava. During the spring season, Madhava, the forest, Madhava means spring also, enlivens the senses with new beginnings full of hope, making the heart happy. But Govinda Madhava, spring himself, and much more enlivened the forest with the prospect of praying as he entered her loving and longing embrace that in concert with her flora and fauna played to all of Krishna's senses. Not said there. Um, but again, the village, uh, the, the uh, forest is is enlivened and nourished by the prospect of Krishna's um, coming uh, within her, the collective of, of a forest, really there are 12 forests in Braj. Um, 
And while the villagers wept piteously, the forest with its full of flora and fauna showcased its capacity by just kind of extending itself as if it were spring and they were all just exploding with life, new blossoms and so forth, as Madhava, the personified spring himself, entered the forest. Uh, they showcased the forest, the trees, the flowers, the creatures, and so forth, particularly the forest uh, and the, um, the, um, the, the plants, uh, their um, capacity to nourish the calves. There's no, not going to be any concern for them. Um, as I indicated here, the bozindicus with the, the cows with the humps, <laughs> they're both browsers and grazers. So some species of cows are just grazers. They keep their nose to the ground. The browsers will also eat from the forest trees more readily and so forth. So they're browsers and grazers. So from the pasture now to the forest, and there's, there's no loss for the cows. Um, uh, much excitement about what uh, what, what uh, nourishment and tastes they can derive therein. So the forest showcases the capacity to nourish the calves and cater to their curiosity. The cows, as you know, are very curiosity so curious. So the pasture is one thing, but the forest is another. It presents very many curious possibilities, twists and turns, and new 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 plants to uh, to uh, taste and so on and so forth. Um, and uh, in this way, uh, the forest is showcasing its capacity to assist Krishna in his dharma, indicating, as I say here, that his labor of herding, such a concern for the parents, hmm, um, will really be no more than play. The forest will facilitate in such a way it takes the, any, any labor out of the, the affair. Um, by providing a suitable setting, not only in in, in ways I've just, I described, but also Vrindavan seductively, Vrindavan Force began to reveal her prospect for the coward boys of mystery and adventure um, that uh, is hidden within her, her her bowers and so forth. You don't know what, as I say, will. Will be, will be the next next turn, what you will discover, and so forth. Of course, as we'll see, they discovered something quite extraordinary, a bull constrictor that, that looked like a mountain cave with its mouth open, and so forth. So, um, some some feeling for, uh, from the forest's perspective, and from the cowherds and the calves' perspective, in relation to the forest and its prospect. Um, there, um, we've concluded this paragraph with the idea that all the flora and uh, fauna played to all of Krishna's senses: the wind, uh, the, uh, uh, the waters from uh, in the wind bringing moisture and uh, to uh, cool the, the sense of touch, and so this, the smells, and so forth. All the forest was catering to all of the senses of Krishna, both his physical senses and pleasing also to his mind. The birds, bees, insects, and animals all played sweet sounds, pleasing to Gopal's ears. The wind playfully blew ever so gently, bearing the cool moisture of the clear ponds, pleasing Gopal's sense of touch 
And it also played to a sense of smell as well by carrying the sweet fragrance of the lotus. The composite beauty, the entire forest played itself out as the composite beauty that the entire forest played itself out as um, it's editing in the sentence the composite beauty of the entire forest played itself out to me as an offering to Gopal's eyes its many playful ponds provided the sweetest refreshing water for Gopal's tongue to taste and these placid and clear pools played silently and peacefully on his mind and the Gopas played first they played at decorating themselves with different colored clays from the forest floor, with gunja berries, fruits, flowers, flower buds, leaves of different shapes and shades, different colored grasses of varying lengths, and other natural ornaments. And all this despite the fact that their mothers had already dressed and decorated them before they left their homes with what the worldly would consider expensive jewelry. These gopas were more at home in the forest with Krishna than they were in their own homes. And daily, in their mirthful youth, they solemnly swore to one another never to return to the village again, ignoring their inability to uphold such vows. Notably, they saw no difference between their expensive pearls from home and the common gunja berries from the forest. So absorbed were they in play. They did not consider that one thing was better than another, and by any standard other they did not consider that one thing was better than another by any standard other than their own fancy and whatever they did feel was more valuable they brought it to Krishna's attention for his pleasure carefree and thus without concern for expense they reveled only in the wealth of Sakya Prem the boys carried their picnic lunches in sacks, tied on the end of sticks held over their shoulders. But the enchanting forest captivated their senses and turned down the fires of their digestion and appetite, feeding which is non-different from appeasing Krishna's hunger. Feed their hunger is to appease Krishna's hunger, to please them. After all, he is himself the fire of digestion, as he says in the Gita, and he lives only for his friends. If they are pleased, he is pleased. If he is pleased, they are pleased. Sometimes they serve him, and sometimes he serves them. That is very central to Sakirati. In either case, he is satisfied. The two being one in fraternal love. In this spirit they played as equals, and enchanted by the prospect of play the forest held for them. They tied their lunches onto tree branches in order to free both hands, which in the immediate they used to collectively steal and conceal the lunch of one of their comrades, tossing it above their heads to one another, keeping it out of reach before returning it to its tearful owner in a drama directed by the movements of Krishna's lotus eyes. When his glance, laden with love, then fixed itself on the clouded face of his tearful friend, that friend's heart thundered, calling back its tears causing that sucker's lips to part the clouds with the brightness of a smile surrounded by the boundless sky of playful, loving suckers. Such was their playful, loving union 
that gave, gave way to love and separation when Krishna was drawn by the beauty and mystery of the forest adventure unaccompanied, having sent his sakas to search for the calves. Their hearts, grown fonder by the fuel of such separation, drove the vehicle of their bodies to race and competition with one another to catch up to Krishna, each exclaiming, I will touch him first. No, I will touch him first. And together they all touched him, each first in his own mind, each proudly claiming victory, proud to give pleasure to Krishna as their union triumphed over separation. Such is Sakyaprem, proud yet pure. They played their flutes to indicate one thing and then suddenly another. The wisdom of the cowards alone capable of grasping one another's attentions. Intentions. The wisdom of the cowards alone capable of grasping one another's intentions. Some blew horns such that the sounds made Krishna laugh, while others considered their horns and flutes unharmonious with the natural sounds of the forest, the sounds of the birds, bees, and crickets. Thus, they imitated the natural sounds themselves. In this way, with all of their sounds together, both natural and unnatural, they created a supernatural concert, not only pleasing to the ear, but profound, resolving all philosophical conundrums. Some reasoned that it is speed that first and foremost, first and foremost, that it is speed first and foremost for which cowards are praised, and thus they chased and magically appeared to catch their own shadows. Others imitated the graceful swans, the songs of the cranes, and the dancing of peacocks, thinking themselves high-minded and superior to the shadow-chasing antics of their friends. Seeking to outdo everyone else, others climbed high in the trees and imitated the monkeys, declaring themselves to be the best of yogins moving about dexterously as if by mudras without ever touching the ground. However, others made similar claims of levitation while chanting omkar in imitation of the croaking of frogs and leaping along with them. Joining the competition, others chanted Narayana into the hollow caves in reciprocation with their own echoes, while others, upon Krishna's suggestion, simply looked at their own reflections in the water as an act of self-worship. A hungropasana, an imitation of that type of worship that some yogis engage in. At the same time, others simply laughed at their reflections, conversed and cursed their own egos, imitated monkeys, leapt like frogs, and chased the shadows of birds with no agenda other than play itself. And in the midst of such a move, amusement, the youngest boys served Krishna personally as he relished these astonishing antics of the other skillful and playful cowards. Indeed, Sukadeva was not exaggerating when he exclaimed in awe that the magic of Maya, the gnosis of the jnanis, the yoga of the yogins, and the bhakti of the bhaktas, such as Nard, Vaidhi Bhakti, are all surpassed by such sakas. Thus he puzzled as to how these boys attained a measure of love that turned God into a cowherd, an equal, and it is to Sage Sukha that I offer such a bold book as an answer, seeking his approval and blessing, if not by karma, not by jnana, not by yoga, and not by bhakti. It must be by mercy alone, not creeper. So says Sri Rupa. Referring to his, his verse. This is, you have to know the text a little bit. This is an innovative way of bringing out the description of Sukadeva and the import um, 
other ultimately that comes with his conclusion of astonishment at the intimacy with which these uh, boys are uh, associating uh, with Krishna that exceeds the kind of intimacy or union you could um, union you could arrive at through any other method through Gyan, through uh, Astanga Yoga, through Vaidhi Bhakti. This is this is Rag Bhakti, and you know I guess we say a particular type of Rag Bhakti that um, he, after his own description of it, marvels. He says, Kutapunja Punja, how, how, what kind of, what have they done? What kind of activities have they performed in previous lifetimes to have attained such a position? It's quite an exalted, uh, extraordinary um, attainment that we as sadhikas should just feel encouraged to be on the path to however long it might take to have such an ideal, to be captivated by such an ideal, hmm? and be that, the, that have that as the driving focus in our life, in our sadhana, is an, ass- an assurance of our success and the goal being as high and extraordinary as it is, then it's worth the wait, if you will, and the wait meaning by time and weight, by uh, measure, pressure also of what we have to deal with in the early stages of our sadhana, contending with the mind and the samskaras and they rise and, and gradually eradicating them, them through consistent uh, practice, which uh, can be quite uh, sweet, uh, this being an example of it hearing about such leelas, a primary form of such sadhana. In this sense, as I often say, it's a, it's a user-friendly type of path, but it's still, there's a lot that has to be accomplished. One has to do a lot of a lot of hearing, a lot of chanting, have a lot of good association, and for a lot of lifetimes, that seed, the rati we will attain, come in the form of, come through association, and it'll take a, take a place within us, uh, as as a as a latent kind of in, in impression will stay with us life after life after life after life mm-hmm. and gradually be, be be built upon by further sadhu sangha and spiritual practice and then in some life years you it may even be prior to human lives that this happened in some life in human life the actual practice sadhana and then understanding the sadhana understanding what you're doing Actually, getting a, getting a, a your your feet on the ground in terms of the tattva, which is so helpful then for the practice and so forth. To come to this is must have come a very very uh, long way. One of my godbrothers once mentioned Pujapatrita Maharaj. He didn't think he was making any advancement. And he said in earnest. He replied, "No advancement. You've got a human life, and you've got a sadguru." And he said, "How far you've, you've come, and this is your ideal." That's what it was. Its early beginnings, and now so far you, you've come. My God, with the Vishnu John Swami used to say, and it's true. The distance we've traveled thus far before meeting our Guru is quite a, much greater than the distance we have to go from here to there. It may not seem like that always as sadhakas, but we have to look at the bigger picture. Philosophically, you can't see it practically, but philosophically, 
you can start to see it and, and feel it and realize I've been around for a long time and I've been through many, many species of life and so forth. And now analyze where I'm at in relation to, to all that past and I'm making a lot of progress. So I think uh, we'll, we'll stop here with this uh, section. Um, which um, it's an appropriate ending. The next section begins with um, Leela Shakti creating a diversion from their play, which itself is a diversion, um, um, in order that they not forget about eating their lunch. Hmm? So Leela Shakti has to create, make an arrangement hmm, to distract them from their play so that they can uh, end up uh, doing what they set out, out out to do. Now you know they've, as they've heard, we've heard they've hung their lunches on the branches of trees, so they wouldn't be burdened by carrying them with one hand, so that both hands would be free to play and imitate carelessly, uh, not carelessly, but frivolously the, the different animals, and also with the intent of imitating yogis, as I said, some of them in different ways, thinking, see, I'm levitating, make light. It's a way of making light of, of yoga accomplishments, yoga cities, making light of, of jnana, of hunger, and self-worship, and all the other processes, and where they leave off, and, 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 and bhakti takes one you know, far, far beyond, and so on. So, so the diversion that the Shakti, of course, creates is, is, is allowing, you might wonder how it's possible, the demon Agasura to come into bridge. So she, he comes in, obviously there's a backstory that will come to this and this and his previous life, that and so forth and so on, but there's a gradation of, of reasons, right? And the highest reason is, is we start with that. Bhikkhu Shakti needed a diversion to, to distract the boys from their play hmm? that um, uh, would start to bring them um, down, down to earth and then Take their lunch, so that that distraction is is um, is is, is I'm sure it's, it's quite a shift in, in affairs, and uh, of course we'll I don't know if we'll get to that today, but um, such the play of Krishna and his friends, Shrimabhagatam ki jai, Shri Krishna Janmashtami ki jai, Gaur Bhakti Vrinda ki jai, Gaur Premanam, Hari Hari.